Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 to 13. For this reason, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me by you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Jesus Christ through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Jesus Christ our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. This is the word of God. Uh, would you join with me and I'll uh, pray one more time. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you for gathering us here. And as we consider your word that we just heard, uh, thank you for these words that are just, that are not merely words, but they are words of life that you have given to us. We pray that your spirit would help give us understanding and insight and that our hearts would be moved to grow in affection for you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, if you ever watched the, the Star Wars trilogy, uh, in the second movie, The Empire Strikes Back, there is this massive reveal that takes place. Um, it's been around for a long time, so hopefully I don't need to say like spoiler alert or anything like that. Uh, but Darth Vader, who is part of the evil empire, he reveals to Luke Skywalker, I am your father. And if you go on YouTube, uh, there are all these videos of parents taking videos of their kids when they get to that scene in that movie. And when Darth Vader says, I am your father, some of these kids, their eyes just light up with surprise and of just, what? That's just, you can't believe that. And, and, for, and for many who don't expect that, the reason why, it's because who would think Darth Vader, a dark Sith Lord, being the father of Luke Skywalker, this up-and-coming Jedi Knight? But the fact that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father has always been true. But it's only until we get to the second movie that that truth is now fully revealed uh, for all of us. As we continue in our sermon series here in the book of Ephesians, uh, we're in a section where the Apostle Paul tells us about a truth that has always been true, but has not yet been fully revealed. And that truth is what he calls the mystery of the gospel. So there are three things I will uh, consider this morning. First, the mystery of the gospel was hidden. 
Secondly, the mystery of the gospel was revealed. And then lastly, the mystery of the gospel goes out. So first, the mystery of the gospel was hidden. Uh, in the previous chapter, Paul, he, he explains how the Gentile community, those who are not Jewish, they have now full access to the Christian church through the work of Jesus. And he continues on this topic here in chapter 3, and he uses the word mystery throughout our passage to refer to this. Now, uh, for us, the word mystery could have this idea of, of a truth that's difficult or is challenging to really understand what it means. But the, the nuance of the word mystery in the original language, in the, in the Greek, is it's something that has not been previously disclosed, but now is revealed. But if we look back throughout the Old Testament Bible, uh, the idea of the Gentiles being included in the kingdom of God, it's not news. If we look back to the beginning of creation, when God creates Adam and Eve, he gives them a mandate saying, be fruitful and multiply. But God doesn't say, stay in the garden. He says to fill the entire earth. So from the beginning, God had this view that the entire world would be filled with his people. And we see this theme continue with Abraham. God gives Abraham this incredible blessing and promise that he and his family will be great. But this promise is not just for him. God says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then comes Israel, the chosen nation of God. But Israel was never meant to be God's exclusive chosen nation but they were called to be a witness to the watching world so that the surrounding nations might be attracted to the God of Israel. One example we see of this is after Solomon builds the, the temple. This is a, a great achievement by the Israelites, but it was not meant to be an occasion where they could boast about their feats. But rather, God tells the Israelites that the temple was made so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. And so in some ways, the mystery of the gospel was never really a mystery. It was well known that God desired for his kingdom to be made up of Jews and Gentiles from the beginning. This really wasn't new information. But notice Paul in verse 3. He says, the mystery was made known to me by revelation. And then in verse 5, he says, the mystery of Christ was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it now, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now, this idea of revelation, it's talking about information that only God can make known. No matter how hard we try to figure things out or to pursue this kind of truth, we won't be able to. And at the same time, because there is certain truth that only God can reveal, we might not even know that this truth is out there. And so Paul tells us that this mystery of the gospel that was once hidden has now been revealed. 
So that leads us to our second point. The mystery of the gospel has been revealed. And Paul tells us what that is in verse 6. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And so what is the mystery of the gospel? The mystery is that the Gentiles are not only included in the family of God, but that they have equal status to the Jews. The mystery of the gospel revealed is that there are no hierarchies in the kingdom of God. And this was monumental news for both the Gentiles and the Jews. For the Jewish community, this was absolutely humbling for many of them. For generations, they knew themselves to be the chosen people of God. For years, God uniquely, personally spoke to them. Israel, they really had this one-of-a-kind relationship with God that no other nation on earth had with him. But they were never meant to be the exclusive people of God, but rather that through their life, through their witness, the surrounding nations would be attracted to them that they might persuade the surrounding nations to connect with their God. And so the mystery of the gospel revealed it was absolutely humbling for the Jews. At the same time, the mystery of the gospel revealed it was beautiful for the Gentiles. For, for generations, they were always on the outside looking in. It wasn't always obvious and clear that they had a place for them to connect with the God of Israel. For years, you can imagine the Gentile believers wondering, struggling if they need to renounce their ethnic identity, if they need to assimilate to Jewish culture in order to be a true believer. And so if you were a Gentile, there could have been this nagging thought in your mind if you truly belonged or if you were second class. So the mystery of the gospel revealed was absolutely beautiful for the Gentiles. This mystery is that there are no hierarchies in the kingdom of God. The Gentiles are not only included in the family of God, but they are of equal status to the Jews. And throughout our sermon series so far, we've been highlighting the fact that everyone in the family of God is being joined together into one. We, simp we, we don't simply just coexist with one another, but that we are integrally connected to one another. We need each other to thrive and to flourish. We're joined together and we're growing together. And this is why the mystery of the gospel requires supernatural revelation. Because this kind of oneness and unity, it doesn't come naturally. As much as we might value something like unity in diversity, it's easier said than done. What does come naturally is wanting to surround ourselves and to connect 
with other people who, who look like us, who think like us, who have similar interests as us. Because being in community like this, it's easy, it's comfortable to be with people who just simply get you without you having to explain. That is attractive. It doesn't require a lot of work and effort. But to be in community with people who look nothing like us, where we don't have a whole lot in common, let's be honest, that takes a lot of work and effort. We have to take the time to understand other people, hear their stories, learn to appreciate why they like the things they do, to learn how to disagree, but still desire to be in a relationship. And so what comes naturally is connecting with people who are just like us. What takes effort is connecting with those that look nothing like us. And so when we choose to just keep to ourselves, when we choose not to put in the hard work to understand those who are different, instead of revealing the mystery of the gospel, we put this veil over the gospel itself. Instead of showing the beauty of the gospel, we, we perpetuate this lie that the gospel is for some, but not for others. That there are true believers who are on the inside, and then everyone else is on the outside. But, but we can't just simply tell ourselves, oh, let's just do better. You know, let's, let's get on a 30-day challenge where we can be more welcoming and inviting. As well as, as well in, intentioned as we might be with some of that, we'll, we'll always fall short. We'll always fall back on what is easy and comfortable. But this is where the story of Christianity, it's both sobering and good news. The Christian story tells us that, that none of us ever had an inside track to knowing and being with God. At the end of the day, no matter our background, no matter our accomplishments, we were all enemies of God. At the end of the day, we were all on the outside looking in, and that is sobering news. We were ultimate outsiders because of the effects of sin and death on us. In the last chapter, in chapter 2, verse 12, Paul reminds us what those effects were. He tells us that we were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise. But the good news of Christianity tells us that Jesus would take us from the outside and bring us into his family. You see, Jesus is the one who revealed to us the mystery of the gospel. We were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and now we're fellow heirs. 
We were separated from Christ, but now we are members of his body. We were strangers to the covenants of promise, but now we are partakers of this promise. And so Jesus, he completely reversed the effects of sin and death on us. He took us from the outside and he brought us into his family where there are no hierarchies. We don't simply just coexist with one another, but that we are integrally connected to one another. We need each other to thrive and to flourish. We're joined together. We're growing together. But this mystery of the gospel isn't meant to be static, where we just simply enjoy it for ourselves. But we'll now move to our final point, that the mystery of the gospel, it goes out. And Paul tells us the purpose for the mystery of the gospel being revealed in verse 10. He says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. But one of the outcomes of the mystery of the gospel working itself out is the formation of the church. The church is the place where Jew and Gentile are together, are all in one. Together, we are fellow heirs. We are members of the same body. We are partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And so what Paul is saying is that the church is the vehicle by which the, the manifold wisdom, God's infinite, his, his multifaceted, his beautiful, his rich, robust wisdom of redemption is being made known. But notice who the audience is for all of this. Paul says, the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now, what is he talking about? Uh, well, whenever you run across a, a word or a phrase that you're not really sure what it means in the Bible, uh, one, helpful, one helpful tool is to try to find where else is that word or phrase used. And often it's good to start within the same book of the Bible where you see that word or phrase. So this phrase, rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, it actually comes up again in the book of Ephesians. Later on in chapter 6, when Paul is talking about the reality of the dark spiritual forces trying to mess up everything that God has created. Now, if we go back to the beginning of creation, we know that God intended for our world to be teeming with life, a place where there is beautiful shalom all throughout, where we are connected to God, to ourselves, to one another, to the world. But the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, they want to do just one thing. They want to break apart that shalom. But the power of Jesus reforges connections that were once separated and torn apart. And the church is the living community where there was once separation and now there is connection. The church is joined together, growing together. And so 
in some ways, Paul is telling the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places that their days are numbered. And friends, this is a truth that my soul needed to hear this last week. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, we were able to spend time with both sides of our family, and it was really great to spend time with so many members of our family. We had a lot of fun, a lot of good food. But there were times when, when the, the joy settles and when we get into real conversations with one another that it becomes very clear that there are many of our family members who have been going through hard seasons of life where there are some experiencing pain. There are some who have strained relationships. There are some who have complicated health issues. And so I come to a passage like this, and I'm reminded that there are rulers and authorities in the heavenly places that are having a field day right now. where they are taking shalom and they're ripping and tearing it apart. And I know that my family and that G's family are not the only ones who are experiencing these sorts of things. But the hope I have is when I see our church, when I see other churches in the city, when I see churches across the world, it gives me hope that the word of God that is here in Ephesians is not some pleasantry, but it's true. God's manifold wisdom is being made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Their antics, their strategies to do away with God's shalom will not prevail in the end. The formation and the growth of the church is how the mystery of the gospel goes out. And so uh, the question for, for us here today is, how will we steward the mystery of the gospel revealed? How can we continue revealing the manifold wisdom of God? How might we show the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places that they are not going to win? How can we steward this gift of the mystery of the gospel revealed? Uh, at, at the very least, we can start right here in our church, where through the power of Jesus, we desire that, that no one will feel second class here in our community that there won't be any hierarchies here, even if they're unsaid, that no one will feel as though they are on the outside having to look in. But, but our aim shouldn't be about proving how great of a community we are, but our aim should be to point people to the power and the beauty of Jesus the one who is able to reverse the power of sin and death over us, the one who made us fellow heirs with him, members of his body, partakers of this promise. 
our aim should be to point people to the one who revealed to us the mystery of the gospel. And then through the power of Jesus in us, we can be the church that shows the world a taste of what heaven is going to be like. A place where the perfect shalom of God will be restored. And so friends, maybe steward this gift of the mystery of the gospel revealed so that its beauty and its power will be seen and experienced by many. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for for this word, uh, to know that in the midst of much brokenness, that God, you are a redeemer, you are a rescuer, doing a work of renewal and restoration. God, thank you that the mystery of the gospel has been revealed, that we are fellow heirs, that we are members of the body of Jesus, that we are partakers of this wonderful promise, that we are your beloved children. And so, Father, I pray that you would shape our church to be a community where anyone who comes in can experience this power, this experience of the good news of Jesus for us. Help us to steward this gift that you have given to us well, that we would bring you glory, and that more and more we'll taste and see that the Lord is good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.